Well, Happy New Year, everybody. And I do mean a uh, Happy New Year. I, need, I, I wish you a deep happiness in the Lord for this upcoming year and fullness of joy in this upcoming year. Well, we're going to dive back into Proverbs, and I believe God has led me to uh, talk to you about friendship this morning, about friends. One of the biggest changes that Jesus Christ will make in you is who you choose for your friends and what kind of friend you become to others. Jesus said, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus was speaking of his uh, own love for his disciples uh, because in the next verse he said, you are my friends. And he was about to lay down his life for them. He was about to go to the cross for them. And he died for them, and he died for us uh, to remove our sins from us and to bring us back to God. And that's the, the very essence, the heartbeat of the gospel. But also, by this supreme act of love at the cross, Jesus showed us how to be friends. Friendship is essentially loving someone and laying down your life for them. Jesus said, love as I have loved you. Uh, my daughter shared with me recently that another woman wanted to be her friend, and she didn't come up to her and say, hey, uh, I want to be your friend, or will you please be my friend? This woman just determined in her heart that she would start loving Alyssa and serving her in every way she could, and over time they became very close friends. Friendships do not developed by complaining about not having any friends or by accusing other people of not loving you or being there for you. Friendships develop and are demonstrated by loving someone and laying down your life for them just as Jesus did for us. Of course, we are all to demonstrate uh, sacrificial love to, in all our interactions with all people, especially all of our fellow believers. But we are not infinite or omnipresent like God. Uh, we are only capable of deeper relationships with a limited circle of people, and we call them friends. Uh, they can be our spouse or a brother or mother or someone completely unrelated to us and completely unlike us. What makes a friend a friend is this special bond of loyal love toward each other and a willingness to lay down your life for that person. One of the common worldly substitutes for godly friendships is what I would call cliques or just being exclusive with certain buddies or girlfriends who you think or feel are just like you. Uh, in the world, people often associate with only those who they think are cool people or popular people or smart people or beautiful people. Uh, these friendships are based on worldly interests, and there are friendships 
that are even based on common sins that people like to do together, like drinking or partying or sex or drugs. Uh, There's always been the fellowship of the malcontents or grumblers, friends in doing evil, and Proverbs talks about that. Uh, I've seen people who hardly knew each other in church or hardly even would speak to each other in church, and then they rebel against God or take offense at something in the church and suddenly they are close friends. But it's, it's a friendship based on discontent or mutual rebellion. And these kinds of friendships are flesh, fleshly, worldly, ungodly. They're detrimental to you and to the church family. I know a dear, very dear Christian woman who went through a painful divorce years ago and she turned to a small circle of girlfriends for comfort and counsel. But these girlfriends did much harm to her soul. Uh, they encouraged and fostered bitterness and revenge. They did not turn her heart to God. A man by the name of Abraham Kuyper said, He is your friend who pushes you nearer to God. Remember that. So let's be clear. We are talking about being friends in the Lord. Not friends in evil or friends in some sort of sinful behavior. We are talking about being friends in the Lord or friendships or having friendships that the Lord is pleased with. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, What fellowship has light with darkness? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Of course, we do have relationships with non-Christians, and we do love them and care about their souls. And we are friends with them on some level, but biblical friendship is a union of hearts, a sharing of who we are and what we are at the deepest level. And when God's Spirit, when God's Holy Spirit comes to live in our bodies, we can only share deeply with others who also have God's Spirit in their bodies. Paul said, we are a temple. Your body is a temple of the living God. And what union can the temple of God have with idols? So, because we belong to the Lord, belong to the Lord, Because we are the Lord's, because the Spirit of God lives in us, there are people we just cannot be friends with on this kind of deep, personal level. Uh, James said, you cannot be friends with God and friends with the world. Uh, Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And of course, James is talking about friendship with, with the world's system or the world's values. But often the way people... Uh, often the way people cozy up to the world's system and the world's ways and the world's value is by cozying up to friends who love the world. So we have to decide, are we going to be friends with God and with his people or friends with the world? James presents that to us as a stark choice or contrast. James says you cannot have it both ways. And Christian friends, or biblical friendship, Christian friendships, 
Christian friends have a common purpose in life. We want to, as Christian friends, we want to serve and honor Christ together. It is not just about us and how close we are. Uh, David said, O come, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I mean, what an invitation to friendship. Come, hey, come on over, brother, sister. Come, let's magnify the Lord and let us exalt his name together. That is biblical friendship. We are fellow servants, fellow soldiers, fellow workers. That's what unites us. We are two people moving in the same direction to honor and please and serve our Lord and Savior. Paul called Philemon uh, his dear friend and fellow worker. Uh, Paul's friends uh, were people who were devoted to Jesus Christ and to the, to the work of the Lord. Uh, there's, an, there's an old saying that I heard at the time that, that Cindy and I got married, and I heard it as uh, marriage is not two people just looking at each other, but two people standing side by side looking outward toward life together, going in a direction, having a united purpose to give their lives away for the sake of Jesus or in Jesus' name to other people. I guess the actual saying, which I, I found this week, is, is uh, love is not two people gazing at each other but looking outward together in the same direction. Well, that's what true friendship is. It isn't, it isn't just a, a completely self-indulgent, self-absorbing relationship with each other. It's two people who want to magnify honor, and serve the Lord together. So with a little bit of that New Testament background, let's dive into the book of Proverbs and look at God's wisdom on friendship from the book of Proverbs. Well, first, we are warned against thinking that we don't need friends. Uh, Proverbs 18.1, powerful verse. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Some people say, I don't need people. I'm just fine. In fact, I'm a very independent person. And they think that's a strength. It's not. It's selfishness, according to this verse. He seeks his own desire. Whoever isolates himself or separates himself from other people seeks his own desire. And it goes against all wisdom. What does the Lord say? What what does God say? God says two are better than one. And if one falls, the other can pick him up. One person may be overpowered by an enemy, but two together can defend themselves. And there's all kinds of verses we could turn to in Scripture that talk about the strength, the wisdom, the beauty of being together with other friends. I know we all have different capacities for relationships and different needs for solitude, uh, but to generally develop a, a pattern of life in which we withdraw from deep relationships and sort of self identify as a loner is not only pushing back against people, it really is pushing back against God and his wisdom for your life. 
Isolating ourselves also deprives us of the blessings that God wants to give us through friendship. Uh, you know, God is out to bless you and through, in and through Jesus Christ, you are under his favor. But so many of God's blessings come through various divinely appointed means. And one of those divinely appointed means is friends. I mean, God can be a tremendous blessing to you through another person, through another good friend. Proverbs 27.9 says, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Having a friend to talk to is like something so sweet to the soul. It's, it's like oil and perfume in the language of Proverbs. Of course, there are costs and risks to relationships. Sometimes there's pain in relationships. I, I think all of us here, but maybe the very youngest, have experienced that and know that. Um, sometimes love uh, ends, 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 ends with some hurts. Uh, but the emphasis on Proverbs is that the, the rewards are also very great. And God would tell you to take the risk, pay the price, humbly admit that you need people, you need friends, and let his blessings flow to you through those friendships. Secondly, uh, God warns us against gravitating to the wrong kind of friends. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 1320. Bad friends will harm you. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's a spiritual truth. It's an unbreakable spiritual principle. Bad friends will harm you. Wisdom in Proverbs is doing life God's way and with God's favor. Going against God's wisdom, again, as demonstrated clearly in the book of Proverbs, results in calamity, disaster, and ruin. And one of the surest ways to a dark and tragic future is to hang out with ungodly companions. Proverbs 12, 26, The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 gives a very specific example of how this works. Uh, do not make friends with an angry man, and do not associate with a hot-tempered man, or you may learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. We learn behavior from who we are with. We become like those who we closely associate with. It's, again, biblical principle. Um, and this is true about an angry person, which we have a very clear example of here in Proverbs chapter 22. But it's also true of associating with an immoral person, a person who loves the world, a person who is rebellious or bitter. You will learn the ways of whoever you hang out with. Of course, the positive side to this truth is the first part of this verse, which says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. So how do you know who is wise? 
If you're supposed to walk with wise people, how do you know who is wise? Well, do you remember from our very first message in the book of Proverbs? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to walk with people who fear the Lord. You want to walk with people who have, who have a deep, holy reverence and respect for the Lord God Almighty. And you can tell it. You can see it in people's lives. Those who re- reverence God and those who do not. And I think the second thing is, does their life show the fruit of God's wisdom? Proverbs 3.18 says, Wisdom is a life-giving tree, the source of happiness for all who hold on to her. You know, just like a tree makes fruit or produces fruit, wisdom gives life to those who, who cling to it or those who use it. And you can see that fruit in someone's life. You see the outcome. Oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a person who's, who's been walking with God. It, it just shows in their life. Um, and, and this verse says, go walk with those kind of people. We don't choose friends uh, because they're cool or primarily because they have the same hobbies or interests or follow the same team that we do. Uh, Of course, we can uh, talk about sports and hobbies and work and our families. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we are mainly looking for people who are wise, people who follow God's ways and are living under God's favor. Follow those kind of people. Find those kind of people and go walk with them. Proverbs uh, 27, 17, uh, a verse that probably most of you have heard and maybe have applied about friendship, says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. A true friend will sharpen you. A true friend will make you a better person, a better Christian. Uh, You grow in zeal for God by being around other people who are zealous for God. Uh, Being sharpened isn't always a comfortable thing, but these friends who sharpen you will challenge you, correct you, exhort you, and you should commit yourself to being around people who will make you better, help you grow, help you love God more, help you love earnestly, sincerely, sacrificially love people more. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Seek for those, those kind of friends. All right, so far we've been talking mainly about what kind of friends you should choose. And I'm going to move on to now to what kind of friends you are to be. And this is a really important component. And honestly, some people never even think about this. They, they always just think about what kind of friends they want. And they seldom give attention to themselves and to what kind of friend God is calling them to be. Well, first, uh, you are to be a friend who faithfully loves. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. Powerful phrase, isn't it? A friend loves at all times. I know you want a friend who loves you at all times, don't you? You want a, love, a friend who loves you faithfully through everything. 
and through all the ups and downs, and that's the kind of friend you are to be. Proverbs 19.22 says, What is desired in a man is steadfast love. That is what your friends desire from you. Your friends desire from you steadfast, faithful, loyal love. We all like to be around people that we feel safe around. People that we can count on to be loyal, faithful, kind-hearted, respectful. Not super nice one moment and then harsh the next. We, we want a steady kind of love. There's one of the songs that we sing on Sunday morning here, a worship song. It talks about the love of God. I think that's the phrase it uses, a steady kind of love. I mean, that's that's, that's what, we, what we want. We don't want to go around walking on eggshells in our relationships. We want somebody that we just know. They're, 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 their love is just steady and faithful as a rock. So go and be that kind of friend. Proverbs 27.10 says, Do not forsake your friend. Interestingly, that verse goes on to not only say, do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. Stay with your friends for the long haul. Even be faithful to family friends, people that your parents have been friends with. I mean, that's, that's a biblical concept of friendship that is just it's like it even goes from generation to generation. How cool is that? So even if, even if your parents are friends with somebody, you, you be loyal to them. You be f- a friend to them. Just because steadiness, faithfulness, loyalty and friendship is such a highly valued thing and so important to God. The second half of, of, of verse uh, 17, chapter, chapter 17, 17 says, uh, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. It could be that that verse is kind of shifting to the topic of brothers. I think it's really keeping on the same idea of a friend loving at all times. And a, a true brother will be there in times of trouble. And a true friend should love you like a brother. And you should love your friend like a brother. You're there in times of adversity. If you are there for someone when everything goes wrong, uh, when the wheels come off, uh, if, you're for, if you're there for someone in the time of their deepest problem or pain, then you are a true friend. A friend loves at all times, and he's there in times of adversity. You know, Jesus considered the disciples his friends, and I think one of the reasons he did is because he said, he said this to them. You are the ones who have stood by me in my trials. That's what makes a friend. That's friendship. When you, when you have that person who has stood by you in your darkest hours, in your trials, then you have a friend. And that's the kind of friend that we are to be to one another. Paul said, love never fails. It endures all things. And John said this very powerful thing about Jesus, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So 
Be a person who loves people to the end. Next, you are to be a friend who will not pretend nothing is wrong when something is wrong. You are to be a friend who will not pretend nothing is wrong when your friend is walking towards sin or walking in sin. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. The wounds of a friend... The wounds of a friend are faithful, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Now, uh, no one wants a friend breathing down their neck uh, at every slip-up, okay? Uh, We we don't want uh, a friend just pointing out every fault we make all the time and then reminding us of those again and again and again. But it is not love to let a friend walk over a cliff. Amy Grant's been in the news recently for hosting a gay wedding. I believe it's for her niece, but her nephew, I could have that wrong. But she justified it by saying, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we behave. It doesn't matter how we're wired. God simply wants us to love him and each other. Well, yes, God does want us to love him and each other. But love that condones sin is like the kisses of an enemy. It sounds loving. It seems loving. It might even feel loving. But it's, 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 it's the love of an enemy. It's the kisses of an enemy. A true friend will stand up for God's truth in your relationship. Well, next I want to just go over some miscellaneous guidelines for friendship that I found throughout the book of Proverbs. And there's many others that we could look at, but I think these, these four are, are very important. Uh, first, look for faithful friends, not just to have many friends. Proverbs 18.24, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It's better to have one person who will live and die as your friend than to have many uh, acquaintances. And I think we sometimes use the word friendship on, kind of defined in two different ways. I mean, we, we, we say, we, we call certain people friends and they're really just people that we've met or acquaintances and we don't really know them, love them, or involved with them deeply. Um, and then there's, there are those friends that uh, there's those friends that uh, uh, stick closer than a brother. Those friends that are really loyal to the end. And so it's better to have just um, a person like that than to just kind of float around having many, 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 many superficial. Friendships. We all, we all need that, a deep, true friend. The second uh, mi- guideline for friendship is that uh, if you keep bringing up a person's faults and, inf- and offenses, it will destroy that friendship. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. And I don't think I need to elaborate on that. 
uh, if people just keep reminding you of your faults and keep bringing up your offenses, it just, it just brings the friendship to an end. You may still have a relationship, but it really destroys the friendship. Third, uh, give your friend space uh, for their other responsibilities and friendships. You know, the book of Proverbs is very practical. And this is one of the most practical verses in the whole book. Uh, chapter 25, verse 17. Uh, Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Wow. Well, uh, there's a principle in there somewhere about friendship. Uh, and I think uh, the best that I can word it is what I just did. Give your friends space. Uh, for their other duties, responsibilities, interests, and even their other friends. Um, you may have had some experience with someone who wants to be your friend, uh, but they just want to be with you so much the time or all the time that it just kind of smothers the joy of that friendship. I had uh, this experience I kind of learned it the painful way I roomed with a, a guy in college named Mark and we were very close friends he moved to Des Moines after college so did I and we were good friends uh, but after I got married I just couldn't hang out with him all the time uh, or you know as much as he wanted to and he really had a hard time understanding that and it was like all or nothing you know it's like okay if you're not going to be with me as much as you I want you to be with me then we're not going to be friends was kind of, kind of the way it came down. And so we just need to give our friends space for all the other things in life, their family, and everything else they've got going on. Now, I think we actually need to be in each other's houses more often than we are, especially in our culture and society. So this is not saying to, this is not a, an admonition to isolate. Proverbs has already warned us against that. So go be with your friends Go spend time with them. Go be together much. Uh, but, just, but just respect and have a sensitivity uh, to their other things going on in life. And then uh, one more, although we could cover many, but one more I want, I want to address this morning is to learn to listen as well as to talk. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5 says, The thoughts of a man's hearts is very deep. The thoughts of a man's heart is, is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. So if you want a relationship to go deeper, uh, learn, learn to draw out that other person. Uh, learn to uh, ask questions, to, to listen, to seek, to know uh, their heart as well. Uh, don't, uh, don't think of friendship as only a place to reveal your own thoughts. James said, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, uh, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's just a, James had a certain thing he was applying that to, but it's just a good general rule of life. Uh, when I was looking that verse in James up, I, I saw, I think it was in a commentary, but it, it, it quoted what it called two ancient sayings. I didn't know these were ancient sayings. I've heard them, but uh, the two ancient sayings, men have two ears but one tongue that they should hear more than they speak. And the second one is, the ears are always open, 
Your ears are always open to receive instruction, but the tongue is surrounded by a double row of teeth to hedge it in and keep it within its proper bounds. Just may help. You know, talking, though, is, is, talking is an area of uh, self-control. Uh, and talking too much and seldom listening will hinder the development of friendships. A man of understanding will draw out the heart of his friends. So it's important for just there to be that give and take in friendships. So, you know, these are very practical things. Friendship is very practical, and yet, and yet it's a deeply and profoundly important thing in your life, what kind of friends you have and what kind of friend you become, what kind of friend you are becoming or being to others. And of course, we're talking about human friends this morning, but uh, before we close, I want to end by turning to our great and true friend, Jesus. Many, many years ago, many years ago, I read this quote uh, Jesus is your truest friend and at times may be your only friend. And that may sound a little extreme to some people. And I, I understand that some people wouldn't get that. But it is biblical. There is a lot of disloyalty in this world. There is a lot of fractured, broken relationships in this world. People are not faithful friends in so many cases. People desert, betray, abandon you. It does happen. And I am not saying that we should have a martyr complex, you know, and suspect every person of being disloyal and kind of go around saying, oh, Jesus is my only true friend. No, I'm not, not talking about that. But we should clearly understand that Jesus is my truest friend. And if it be the case, at times he might be my only friend, and that's enough. Uh, there may be times even when your closest friend just drops out of the picture. I'll, I'll bet most, if not everybody in this room, has had something like that happen at some time in their life. But even when all of our friends have abandoned us, we still have Jesus. And Paul experienced this when he stood trial in Rome uh, for the preaching of the gospel. Um, and he wrote, he said to Timothy, at my first defense, no one, he said no one, no one came to stand by me. But all deserted me. But, he added this, may it not be charged against them, for the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ was such a real friend to Paul uh, that he's, he described Jesus as standing right there beside him. And no matter what goes on in any of your friendships, any of your relationships, Jesus will always stand by you too. So in the times, if it seems you have no friends at all, there is a friend who 
sticks closer to you than a brother, and that's Jesus. And he will never, ever leave you or forsake you. And he, he promised that, and you can, you can count on that. Let's pray.